G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about some tools for climbing out of a train wreck. An interesting way, isn't it, of describing some of the things that have shaped us on the journey of our lives. And for some of us, train wreck describes the tangled mess that we get ourselves into through poor choices of career or poor choices around alcohol and drugs, poor choices around relationships. And to be fair, lots of us... We have this train wreck thought, this train wreck past, and it might also extend to the family environment that we grew up in, and we had no choice about that. A conversation today about the tools we might use as Christians to climb out of a train wreck. For some, just talking about our regrets is enough to trigger painful memories, and we realise that for some, the pain has become its own habit. We're back today with author and leadership coach Wendy Burns. Her new book is called Unmask to Remark, Remarkable You, enlarging on her first book, which was called Remarkable You. Wendy Burns is also an executive director on the John Maxwell team, having joined the John Maxwell University. Wendy Burns, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, good morning, Neil. It's so delightful to be back with you today. Hey, Wendy, you're in Darwin and things are warming up a little bit in your backyard. Uh, We are. We're up on the top end of Australia, I guess you can say. And and I've got a sense that the dry season is leaving us, which is our winter. Um, And we're starting to get a little bit more humidity. So uh, we're starting to progress into the wet season. Uh, it's a, but it's a beautiful place to live, dry or wet. It's just a God's country. And uh, you might be, uh, you know, some might be a little jealous when they're listening in from some of those places that haven't warmed up at all, still fairly cool in lots of southern parts around Australia. Hey, Wendy, you had a tough upbringing. Every time we talk, I always say, Wendy, give us a little in a nutshell of your own story because it is a remarkable story to tell. And as we're talking about a train wreck today, I think, you know, you've got some of those things that are elements of a train wreck in your own past. Give us a little insight into your upbringing and those things that have shaped you. Sure, Neil. Um, Now you could hear this uh, as I share my story as a really sad tragedy or you could hear it as a story of victory. So let me share the backstory. I grew up in a, in a house and a home and a family that really was a train wreck. Uh, all my life, everything I knew about it. Both of my parents were alcoholics. Uh, our home was very violent, so it was full of domestic abuse. Um, and the, at the young age of 13, uh, my father included me in his suicide He got me to hand him the gun or the rifle uh, that he shot himself with, and I witnessed that at the age of 13. Um, On that same night, um, my uncle uh, decided in his wisdom that he would use the opportunity to sexually assault me. 
so here I am, 13. I've witnessed, I've grown up in this home that is just so dysfunctional. Um, my father includes me in the most tragic thing that could ever be conceivably possible at the age of 13. And then my uncle compounds that by raping me that night. So compounding things that have caused uh, such a, a train wreck across my life and, and constant um, shaped my life from that very early stage and continued to do that. And then at the age of 17, my mother went on and committed suicide. So you can see that, that my life was extremely dysfunctional and I inherited that. That was my generational inheritance. And you said earlier that, Neil, that sometimes the circumstances we find ourselves in or we grow up in shape our life. And for me, I allowed those things to shape my life for a very, very long time. Uh, a lot of my family um, uh, have gone on and become alcoholics uh, and some committed suicide um, because of that. Wendy, a lot of people will potentially be thinking, well, things would be a lot different if I was shaped by different things, if I had a different family upbringing, if I hadn't made some silly choices in my younger years. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on whether it's ever too late to change direction and to change the trajectory, because obviously when you're shaped by very harsh and difficult, abusive, bad situations, which we can call a train wreck, that can affect all of the things that happen in your life. Is it ever too late to change direction? Oh, absolutely not. I, I was 34 when I first um, started to realise that I had the power to make a good choice. I didn't realise until then that I actually could be in control of my choices and I didn't have to go down that same path. But in saying that, it still took me many years after that to really get it and to truly understand that I could shape my life in a different way. So it is absolutely never too late to start. We may think, well, this is our lot in life. Well, it ab absolutely is not. Even if your circumstances, you can't change. If you can't change where you are right now, what you can do is start to change yourself in the midst of those circumstances, and that starts with our choices. You say you have the power to make good choices, and sometimes we think of you know a whole lot of teenagers or uh, various speakers that might visit a school or a youth group, and, and they'll have a message on making good choices. This is actually the sort of message that we all need to hear, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're our choices, the things that we make, the, the private decisions we make, and they're our choices, our private decisions are always our choices, they will have a public outcome. For example, the private decision that, that my father made that day to, um, to include me in his suicide, and, and your life may not be as traumatic as mine has been, and I really hope it hasn't been, or maybe it's been worse. But those private decisions not only affect you, but they affect other people. So when we make a choice and we think it only affects us, and I was just listening to your previous speaker, you know, even the drugs and alcohol and, and so forth, you know, it won't hurt if I just do this one thing. Well, it will actually hurt. It will hurt you, but it will also hurt those around you. So it's the simplest of choices. And Neil, as I started to climb, literally, and you get that imagery in your mind, you're in this train wreck, it really is a tangled mess, your life is a tangled mess, and you're starting to take, to try and get out of there, and you just take that one step, 
thinking about the first thing. What is the first thing I need to do to make a change? What is the first thing that I can do to make a change? Some people will be thinking, well, I haven't made a lot of mistakes yet, but I'm faced with a lot of choices right now. And when you're grappling with choices, and uh, we said things around career, around relationships, around uh, drugs and alcohol, grappling with those sorts of choices, it's almost like if you make the wrong choices, you may be a train wreck, train wreck waiting to happen. Uh, that can be the case, and that's why we need that sort of forewarning, don't we, for younger people in particular. Oh, absolutely. Um, you think it's um, particularly a lot of younger people, um, unfortunately, uh, can think that they know it all and it'll be okay. Um, and the choice that I make now, um, and that, you know, it won't affect anybody else, but it does. It sets you up for a bad habit. You know, every decision we make will build on that habit uh, that um, that we're doing. And then we have we find ourselves smack bang in a train wreck and we have to start to climb out. So it's never too early to start to think about the choices and the impact of those choices, uh, not only on ourselves, but on those around us and in our sphere of influence. And dare I say, for the uh, generations to come behind us, because what we do now plays out for those that come behind us as well. Wendy, let me ask you something quite personal, uh, because you shared your story and both of your parents suicided. Uh, Your upbringing was so dysfunctional, we can almost hardly believe it. But uh, we often will think that our parents are our best mentors. Uh, We sometimes don't want to listen to them, but ultimately when we get a little bit older, we recognise they said good things into our lives. You didn't have that great parenting upbringing. I'm wondering whether you can share, you know, is there was there someone who was a special mentor, uh, someone who stepped into that fatherhood, motherhood role, uh, even into your mid-30s there, when you say, you, you know, this is, you know, you had things really quite messed up until you got into your mid-30s. What sort of people were there supporting you and becoming a new mentor, a new role model for you as you were emerging from that train wreck? Mm, that's a great question, Neil. When I was 34, I made the decision uh, to accept Jesus. And, you know, it was one of those circumstances up until then. I knew that I didn't want, uh, I had four children. I realised that I didn't want them to have what I had. I thought it was too late for me to, um, to change my life. I was, you know, I was done and dusted. There was nothing that could change who I was. And, but I thought, you know what, I can do something for my children. And I started going to a little, uh, a little Anglican church then where we lived in Newcastle. Uh, and I'm sure I turned up smelling of alcohol because I was well on the same path as my parents, drinking heavily, uh, contemplating suicide on a regular basis. And, but these wonderful women within this church just gathered around me. And they invited me to hear a guest speaker in, in the city of Darwin, one, in the city of Darwin, Newcastle one night. And I went along and I wasn't going to go because, you know, I didn't need that, right? It was too late for me because we can often think it's too late for us. And when the the, uh, gentleman, was, I think it was an archbishop that actually shared that night and they did an altar call, I could not get out of my seat quick enough because I wanted my life to change. And at that point, I was still thinking of my children but in that moment, Neil, I don't think I've shared with this with you on vision. In that moment, the lady that prayed for me said to me that God knew the guilt I'd carried over my father's death. 
Now, I had never, hear my heart, everybody, I had never shared my story or the background of what had happened with my dad. Nobody knew, not even my husband knew the details of, of, the, of my father's death. God got my attention that day. I realised that it was never too late, that something could change. And certainly I woke up the very next day in the same circumstances, but I woke up with such a seed of hope in my heart that my life could be different and I could start a new trajectory towards a different life. Thank God for older women in church and those older men. Uh, That's a biblical thing too. Uh, Older women teach the younger women and the older men teach the younger men. And so when you don't have that family upbringing that's giving you the sort of role model that you need to get your life on a great trajectory, you can often, and I just don't want to say that uh, as a, a blanket thing, but you can often find wonderful role models and people that you can relate to very personally in a local church, people who have the wisdom of God that they can offer in those circumstances. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision Christian Radio. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about the tools you need to emerge from a train wreck. When you can describe your early life as a train wreck, maybe you're thinking, I'm in a train wreck right now. At 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Wendy Burns is our guest. Wendy's new book is called Unmask to Remark, Remarkable You. And uh, Wendy, I think it might be wise. Let's take some calls as they come through. Wayne is on the line from Mackay in Queensland. Hello, Wayne. Welcome along. Hey, how are you, mate? Very good, yeah, Wayne. Yeah, mate. Um, at a very young age, mate, at about... 12 years old, I set all my own boundaries, which weren't real good boundaries in my life, which took me into destruction for a, uh, a big part of my life. I ended up a drug addict for 22 years, and um, my life was a mess. I, yeah, just full on into the things I shouldn't have been into. And in 1992, I became a, a Christian. I thought, well, if this works, great. If it doesn't, I'll just keep on doing what I, I've done all my life. Um, or the first part of my life, and and my life's changed, um, but it never finished there. God was doing a big work in me. Um, March last year, I I was um, intending committing suicide, and uh, I went to church, and I thought, when I go home, I'm sick of it. I've had enough. Things are really getting to me. Anyhow, I God put it on my heart to go and see a person. And I end up going and seeing them, and, and God spoke through them to me. I had an encounter with God for about six weeks straight, and my life's never been the same. I uh, I can't wait every day just to get into that secret place and spend time with the Lord and, and just pray. And, and there's uh, one thing that he really taught me that, uh, besides a lot of things, was whenever you're going through stuff, don't be anxious about it. Give it over to me, and 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 you'll get that peace, that far away's all understanding in your life, and and um, yeah, Wayne, my life hasn't been the same since. Wonderful that you're able to call in today and give testimony as as to how you've come through a train wreck situation. Wendy, what are your thoughts for Wayne? Oh, Wayne, I just want to say praise God. That's so exciting, and a great testimony that it's never too late. 
And even after, and I think it's so important to acknowledge, and you've just done that, Wayne, is even after you make that initial decision, um, this stuff will still come back to hound you and you have to be really, really alert. And even that day that you went and spoke to somebody uh, and, and they had a word from God for you, that that was a great time for you then to, to go that little bit deeper. And, and I love what you shared when we set that time aside to get away with God and we have time with God, that's where he'll take us deeper into that relationship and that's where we get strengthened for the battle that's around us. Well done, Wayne. I praise God. Wayne, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Before we move on to another caller, there's something very important and uh, Wayne touched on this. The thought that in those early years of his life, he was setting his own boundaries. Uh, A thought there that somehow or other we need some guidance, whether it comes from those who are our parents or our role models, our mentors, or really coming straight from the Word of God. Boundaries that give us some way of actually being able to discern what's right and wrong. Any thoughts around boundaries as perhaps a, a tool to look for? Oh, absolutely. I love I love the idea of boundaries and I'll often call them as well our values, Neil, that even as an early age, thinking about the values that are important to you, which will help you create those boundaries and guardrails. So what are the things that are important to you? Honesty, integrity, truth. Uh, all of those things will help you set up great boundaries. And then you go to the Proverbs, right, and you create some great guardrails for your life that you know that you will not go out of this, out of, you know, stepping out of those guardrails that you set up or those boundaries as Wayne referred to them. That will strengthen you. It'll give you that warning that this is going to take me off the track that I've decided. But unless we make some decisions at an early age of what those values will be or it doesn't matter when we make them but the sooner we make them at an early age is ideal if we can make those decisions early in our life it sets us up to to win in a different way but it's never too late if you haven't made them and I want to really reiterate that as well Neil that if you haven't set up boundaries do it today start thinking about is this adding value to my life is this serving me well if I keep doing this and that's all the same as the tools to get out of a train wreck What are the values that are important to you? Wonderful thoughts there, especially around Proverbs. Uh, There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and I love the way you describe those, Wendy, as guardrails for your life. Uh, That is really wonderful wisdom from God. And I'm just noting today is the 1st of August. Uh, 31 chapters in Proverbs. A lot of people make it their routine to read a chapter of Proverbs each day. And they just do that over and over and over. And the wisdom of God, the wisdom of the Proverbs becomes a part of who they are. A wonderful way of setting guardrails when you've got no one else, no other role models or no special mentor to be able to help you along that track. You can open your Bible today at Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, read through there. Make that a, a routine for your life. Let's take another call. Bernadette is in Kingston in South Australia. Hi, Bernadette. Hi, hi, hi there, Neil. I've talked to you before. Yeah, it's about the guardrails. I'll just have a quick listen to that. Um, I thought about my life and the things that have happened, and I thought about my family. And I love, I love my family. I love my my mum and my dad. But they made some wrong choices, but. I, I, you can watch and you can copy or you can say, I don't want that. Um, and what happened was my parents 
my mum made a decision to drink a lot of alcohol because of um, obviously she's had a lot of challenges in her life and things that were upsetting her, so that was her choice. And I watched the effect of the alcohol and she smoked a lot and I watched the effect of the smoking and um, I decided as a result of that that I didn't want to go down that path from a young age. I just watched what she did. I watched the decisions, the reaction, what happened afterwards and I thought, I don't want that. And, and I've never regretted that. It was something I just chose as I watched those things as a child and, and my children have never followed those patterns either. My grandchildren never followed. I'm really grateful to the Lord for that. Isn't it amazing, isn't it, that when uh, the people we love the most, our parents, uh, when they make such poor choices that uh, that we need to use them as a, a way to describe for our own children. Hey, there are some better choices you can make. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, going to Sunday school, I went to Sunday school, right? And I'm sure that helped me. You know, going going to church, going to Sunday school, things were just put in place there. And, and having having God in my life, it just helped me. Um, and, and like I said, at the time, I was upset about what my mother did and the things that she did. But looking back now, I can see she'd had some horrible stuff in her life and that was her way of dealing with it. But also, like, she used to smoke and then in those days, people smoke, smoked in houses inside and, I, and she didn't mean to because that's just what she did. But I got sick from that. Yep. I had got very sick and I thought, no. I, so I, I just... Like I said, I, I, I was affected by those choices. Yep. Bernadette, let's get a quick thought or two from Wendy, and not too far out from news. Wendy, what are your thoughts for Bernadette? Oh, well, great decisions, Bernadette, on your behalf. And, and you're right, when we look and see what's happening around us, we're in that moment where we can go down that same road or we can go down our own road, setting up some good boundaries and guardrails. And they're called a defining moment. It's a defining moment in our life, and we will have them. We'll have more than one. And well done on making that decision because you've created a new pattern, a new generational inheritance for your family. Before we take some more calls, and 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation, uh, let's talk through briefly, and we can enlarge on some of these, the sorts of tools that might be necessary to climb out of this train wreck. I know you love to talk about what you call brave belief. Give us some insights here before we take some more calls. Sure, great. I think it's important, Neil, that we give some tools. Um, And it is brave belief. And brave belief starts by believing that we have the capacity within us to live free of regret. And we know that capacity comes from uh, the Lord, right? When we've accepted Jesus into our heart, he's got this inbuilt capacity within us to be able to live free of regret. Now, one of the things that is really important, and uh, that is if we are self-reliant, if we're relying on ourselves uh, and not relying and anchoring into God and we're trying to control everything, it is much harder to get out of this space. But when our reliance and where we're self-reliant on God, he will enable us and, and help us to come through and come through the other side. But to start to get to that space, we have to acknowledge it starts by acknowledging that, you know, my life is a mess, right? My life is a mess. And what am I going to do to get out of it? Because transformation always begins with us. So we acknowledge that we are in a space where we are wounded or there's been trauma or there's regret or bad choices. 
our past is done and, and dusted, right? It's done, it's over. We can't redo it. We can't go back and, and, and change what's happened. But what we can do is acknowledge courageously that we can change where we go forward, how we change going forward. So acknowledging that we, do, that we can do that and thinking about well, what is the regret that I'm holding on for? Maybe it's a big traumatic experience similar to mine. Maybe it's not as big. It doesn't matter. It will still have the same impact on us that it will wound us and cause trauma. So acknowledging it, using your journal. I love the power of journaling, Neil. I write all the time. And ask yourself some great questions that will help you. And that is, what would you gain by living with that regret? What would life be like if you didn't have it? Uh, and then you can start to dig a little bit deeper. And this is starting to find courageous courage. Neil, would you like me to talk into that? Let's save that for a moment and we'll take a call or two. Uh, but we do want to come into some more of these tools. Let's hear from James in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome. Hi, Neil. Hi, Wendy. <clears throat> what are your thoughts, James? Hi. Well, I really want to take tip my hat and say good on you, Wendy. Uh, You've done an astounding job. I was 24 when God interjected into my life at a time where I wanted to finish my life. Um, but, but I had all the wrong concepts of God. I didn't have a father. I had no name on the birth certificate. And I'd saw people trying to shoot themselves before I was five under the hat. Um, I saw it had guns pointed to my head when I, just before my mother died at 17. And it really affected me because I had an abandonment issue with my father and I had abandonment issues all over. Um, but then God started to uh, reveal himself to me and, um, you know, reminded me that underneath are the everlasting arms and that I can be confident that he who began a good work will complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. When mother and father forsake you, he never will. Um, he sets the lonely in families. He, he looks after the fatherless. Um, and he showed me an illustration. He reminded me when I was a child, my sister had a little boy and, and other children would get in my arms, and sometimes they'd start smacking your face. And God said to me, you never got that child and threw him down and said, get out of here, you're a reject. No, God doesn't. He, even when we're, we're hitting God, when we're doing that, he said, I'd rather have you, you in my arms hurting me than, than to be apart from me. And that helped me to understand the heart of God. And, and being in those everlasting arms like the child, um, God has just nurtured me. And, you know, 50 years later, um, you know, I'm... I've got a better picture of my understanding of what a father should be like. He's as solid as a rock. He never changes. He just loves and embraces everybody, no matter what sin they're in, like that song says, you know, whether you've got a broken needle in your, in your vein, whatever. God just wants to meet you where you're at and just love you unconditionally and try and, as the battlefield of the mind uh, teaching by Joyce Meyer says, we have to learn to overcome. And you've done a great job uh, to, to do what you're doing I've never thought to write a book, but after hearing what you've had to say, it made me think, I've got all these, this knowledge. I, I should be trying to impart it myself. James, you've got a way with words. I think you need to write them down. <laughs> uh, wonderful stuff. Uh, Wendy, your thoughts for James? Oh, James, uh, amazing. I, I love your story, and I think you should write it because it's when we share our stories, when we share our lived experience, that then we can empower others to know that they can too be transformed. And that's the power of the testimony, isn't it? And that's what God says. And, and what you've referred to is, and I love it in Psalm 139, where it says, God has gone behind us uh, to protect us from our past and he's gone into our future to prepare a way. 
Uh, and I love that. We know that God will protect us from our past as he prepares a way for our future. And we just need to anchor to him, lean into him, spend time with him, and he will guide us every single step. Uh, and that's you know, he is just such a precious father. James in Kyabram, thanks so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Jason in Melbourne is back with us. Hi, Hello. Jason. How are you? Good, Jason. How are you? like to say to Wendy... Your story inspires me, and God bless you and all you do. And I would like to say that that we are overcomers through what Jesus done for us on the cross. You should check out the mini song Overcomer via YouTube. Wendy? Uh, Jason, good thoughts there, because the thought of becoming an overcomer, sometimes you're so stuck in your train wreck, you could see, not see that way clear, but... As Jason points out, uh, this idea of being an overcomer, it's one of those things we, we almost throw away flippantly in our Christian life and the way we talk about things, but it's actually really important, Wendy. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes being an overcomer is simply getting out of bed today and not staying in bed, uh, getting out of bed, getting up, uh, showering, uh, getting myself going for the day uh, because life just feels too hard. That, that that's, can be an overcomer as much as coming and climbing out and going on and doing great and mighty things in a train wreck, out of a train wreck. So you're right, Jason, absolutely. Jason, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. You know, interestingly, when we talk about acknowledging the pain of the past, the train wreck of our lives, uh, acknowledging that God is there... Sometimes we talk about issues of lordship, which means we're acknowledging his leadership. We're followers of Christ, acknowledging his leadership there. But there's something else that goes parallel with that, and it's self-leadership. There is the responsibility we take for ourselves. Any thoughts here on getting that balance right, acknowledging God as the leader, but then actually taking responsibility? Thoughts here from you, Wendy? Yeah, that's my, my favourite thing to say, Neil, is self-leadership uh, because it's all about the, the things we do to lead ourselves and self-leadership is the greatest leadership role we'll ever have. We could be the top of a CEO in, in a multinational country company but unless we're leading ourselves well, it'll mean nothing and self-leadership is one of the most powerful things that we can do and learning how to lead ourselves on a daily basis and, and that would just lead me into say that, you know, the, the things for me as I climb the first thing that I worked with in my area of self-leadership and learning to lead myself well was knowing that my attitude needed to change. I needed to change the way I thought, the way I spoke, the way I spoke to myself and the way I spoke to others. That was a major key. Forgiveness, I couldn't climb out, Neil, unless I forgave uh, those involved in the train wreck and myself, my part in it as well, the choices that I made in those moments I, I needed to go through that process of forgiveness and I made another decision in self-leadership and that was not to look back you know I use I, the only time I look back is to know how far I've come and I don't look back with regret and allow those things to play over in my mind I did till I was in my early 60s I let that still play over and over in my mind even though I was walking with the Lord so I thought but I was still contemplating suicide until I had that final encounter with the Lord. See, it's never too late, is it? It's not. And, you know, self-leadership. Uh, let's get really practical here for a moment. 
because I know you like to then talk about self-talk, the things that are coming out of our own mouths. Uh, the confession of our life uh, can be uh, can be death. It could be life. Uh, thoughts here around how you adjust the way you talk about your past, talk about your presence, and talk about your future. Yeah, that's a great, great question, and it is. I love to have steps to follow, don't we? We want actions. We want to know what we can do more than just words. So, you know, I, having having made the decision to eliminate negative self-talk from your life, from your head, from your mind, it's important then we, we make a decision that we're not going to be negative about ourselves, we're not going to be negative about the past, it's not going to drag us back in. But then we that needs to go along with awareness. We have to be aware of those negative statements the minute they come into our mind and send them packing, right? Be aware and believe and have the courageous courage to stand and say, no, I'm not going to allow that anymore. And it is a discipline to cut those thoughts off because our minds are like a computer. We have to rewire our mind, you know, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as the word says. So the data we put in, the things we say, the things we listen to, the people we hang around with, if those are negative things, then those negative thoughts will stay in our mind and they'll come out of our mouth. And like I've said before, Neil, they'll come out of our skin like garlic does, that sense of, you know, that's, that's what we think and feel. So we start putting our focus in a different way. We've spoken about regrets before and the thought that we can wallow in our regrets and that affects us in our present and for our future. And you like to describe those sorts of things like replaying those old movies over and over in our minds becomes our own habit. Uh, Thoughts here on dealing with regrets and, and how those old movies replay in our minds, Wendy. Mm, absolutely regrets is and I call it leaving the land of regret right we get stuck in this land of regret that's like a clogmire uh, and it's holding us tightly and it's making that decision to make that one step that first step to step out and as we start to leave those things will keep changing over and sorry keep playing over and over in our mind where we'll think of what what if I did this if only I had done that Those if-onlys will be the movies that play over in our mind. We can't change the past and having that awareness that we can't. And what I find is as you're trying and and starting and you will take those first steps to, to get out, your reserves may a little be a little bit low and your strength may be a little bit low. So it's really important to be kind to yourself. Find your hope to anchor on to. Be kind to yourself and make some margin in your in your day to be in the word, to spend time and pray. That will strengthen you from the inside out so that then you can be aware of those movies as they start to play in your mind. And again, you can send them packing. No, that's not truth. I can't change that. What I can do is change what I do now. And that's so terribly, terribly important, Neil. I'm just looking at a Psalm 34, 18 verse. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And uh, we'd like to think that's all in our past. Sometimes we're feeling brokenhearted in the now. We're feeling crushed in our spirit in the now. And Wendy, when you've got to a point where you have decided to 
own up to it, to name those challenges that you've faced in the past. When you make a decision, that's no longer going to be you. When you're acknowledging God, Jesus, his lordship, when you're thinking through those issues of forgiveness and you're determined now to introduce some take of that responsibility, that self-leadership, what comes beyond that? Because somehow or other, I imagine you've got to set some short-term and some long-term goals to be absolutely affirmed that you're free from those things in the past. Oh, absolutely. And important to think about, well, what is my plan? Sometimes it starts with that day, Neil, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. Okay, I've made this decision, so what am I going to do today? And then that starts to grow this week, next month. You know, you start to build some goals and some strategies to go forward. But it's important, as I said, to acknowledge all today or this week, what am I going to do to be able to bring myself out of this space? And that is growing that awareness. And, and then coming back to, and I, I don't know if I spoke about this last time or when I was on, I, talk, I spoke about emotions uh, and that our emotions in that moment as we start to climb and start to reframe our life, uh, attached to God and anchored in a different way, our emotions may not tell us the truth. Our emotions are important and our emotions are real, but quite often they will lie to us and they will not tell us the truth. So we have to be really mindful of what is the truth that I feel as I start this climb, knowing that that fear will, because we know fear is the uh, tool of the enemy, right? Fear will try and raise its ugly head. And it's important to say, yep, I see you, but I'm going to step past you anyway. Because this courageous courage that we talk about, and I talk about all the time, is like a door on the inside of us, Neil. We are the only one with a knob that we can turn it and open it and step through. So knowing that we have the courage and you know the word says be strong and courageous be very strong and very courageous so God has given us these these skills and these keys and these words and he gives us the strength but being in his word attaching to him anchoring to him praying if we can do nothing else we can call on the name of Jesus these are the things that will bring us back into hope. Bring, and find the scriptures that talk about hope. Find the Psalms, find the scriptures and hold on to them. And they're the things that will anchor you and they'll become uh, like you're climbing a mountain and you use those tools to go higher and higher and you just anchor up and you anchor up and, and the more you go, the higher you go. And sometimes you might slip back once. You're not done. You know, There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You get up and you go again. I love the thought of building those goals and those strategies to go forward. And I'm just interested as you're sharing those things, Wendy, you're talking about reading the Bible and praying. And sometimes that for some people sounds a little bit spooky. Oh, that's getting a very spiritual thing to do. Well, it is a spiritual thing because I'm just reminded of that scripture just comes to mind. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And this thought that in your time of devotion before God, and you might do this daily, reading your Bible, prayer, and uh, then finding those people that you can share your heart with, sharing the experience along the way, this is the sort of atmosphere where you can set those new goals and build those strategies. Any thoughts here on the fact that maybe you don't do this on your own, that you're doing this with others and you're doing it certainly in the presence of God? Oh, absolutely. Find others that have a heart, excuse me, have a heart for God. 
and and can see the best in you and and spend time with them that is really important and if you need help find a counselor through your church through your local church sometimes we can't even start the climb on our own and I think it's important to acknowledge that as well but find good people to spend time with that's what I did I didn't make the climb the first part of my climb on my own I had to find others to enable me uh, to get started um, I, I made those decisions but spending time with people that would say to me come on Wendy you're better than that you can do better than that that was really important as well as spending time in the word and praying and seeking help where you need help uh, and that's okay that's important to acknowledge that as well but know that you can do this that God has a plan and a purpose for you And going from strength to strength, and I suspect this is your story because you came to faith in Christ, you know, some might say fairly late when you were 34 years of age, Wendy, but going from strength to strength through those months, years, uh, into the decades ahead, uh, you'd like to talk about growing in hope, uh, steps to follow, uh, because you want to keep on growing in hope one step in front of the other. Any thoughts here about steps to follow? Oh, absolutely. Don't give up. Don't like, don't just say, I've got, this is it. I've got out. I don't have to do anything else. Continue to grow. Continue to take some steps. Put your focus on on what you can do, not what you can't do. Um, Make time to reflect on the good in your life. Uh, As I said, spend time in the word. They're the things that will continue to help you to grow. And dreaming God. Dare I say, spend some time in dreaming God. God told me when I was um, 15 that uh, that I would be a woman of influence, even before I knew who God was. I had this vision that I would be a woman of influence. And you know what? God brought that back to me, and I have held on to that. So I pray into those things, those words that God has given me, and I dream in him, and I create the goals that go with that. Well, if that's what you want me to do, God, what does that look like? So it is, and it'll be different for everybody. You won't be me and I won't be you, but God has a plan and a purpose. And as I said earlier, self-leadership is so key in this, and it starts simply with one step. Wendy, as you're reflecting on your own story, your own past, uh, there's a thought that some think that uh, being healed of those things of the past is that I'll completely forget all about them. Those memories never disappear I wonder if you've got any thought, though, around the hurts uh, that are associated with those memories, because you can't change or erase the past. You don't really have the ability to actually stop the memories from being there, but it's the hurt of those memories that we're often concerned about. As you reflect on your own journey, how do you reflect now, uh, at the age you are, uh, on, on all of those things that went before and what they mean when they fit into the context of who you are before God? And it's so important because the wounds don't go away. And you mentioned my new book, it's talked about unmask to remark. Unless we unmask, unless we acknowledge, unless we say that this wound is here, you're right, it doesn't go away, but we can be healed from it and it will not have any more power over us. So, but, But acknowledging that that wound is there is so important and that trauma is there because we're in such... We're a hurry society. We want to hurry out of it and we don't acknowledge the wound or the trauma or the train wreck. So acknowledging it is important so that you can remark your life in a different way. It won't go away, but it will empower you to know how far you've come 
uh, when you, you know, for me, I used to wallow in it, and you, I used to wallow in that pain and that hurt. But that didn't serve me well. So wallowing in the wound didn't help. I had to acknowledge it and bring it before the Lord to allow Him to slowly heal. And healing is not a five-step process. It takes time. And allowing yourself the time and being kind to yourself in that process is key. Wendy Burns, wonderful wisdom, great insight and some good practical keys in there for anyone who's recognising that they've got their own train wreck to climb out of. Uh, Wendy's new book is coming out. In fact, it's not quite out yet, but you can pre-order Wendy's book. It's called Unmask to Remark, Remarkable You. Let me give the website uh, where listeners can connect with Wendy Burns. Remarkableyou.com.au Remarkableyou.com.au The book is coming out in September. You can pre-order the book at remarkableyou.com.au Wendy, uh, your first book, Remarkable You, uh, lots of people really benefited from reading your story and understanding those wonderful things that have been a part of your life, the things that have emerged out of the train wreck of your past. Uh, So does Unmask to Remark build on some of the foundations in your first book? Oh, absolutely. It gives you more tools. I go back and the first book tells my story and it does give you actions after each chapter. But the second book gives you the tools to dig deeper and to to work through those wounds as you grow on this journey because this journey will not stop. We're going to be on this journey till we get to heaven. Uh, So this is it's a great uh, godly book about the tools to unmask and remark how you were created to be. Remarkableyou.com.au Wendy Burns, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.